I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan. One that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Hello and welcome to the second installment of three episodes that we are calling A Wooden Christmas. Today will be part two of my interview with Coach John Wooden's grandson-in-law, Craig Implement. We'll complete the Wooden Trilogy on January 2nd with a man who spent the last part of Coach's life with him, the founder of the John R. Wooden course, Lynn Guerin. I spoke in the introduction of the last episode about the influence UCLA basketball had on me as a basketball-addicted youngster growing up in Venice, California, and how from the time I was born until I was in sixth grade, UCLA won a ridiculous 10 of 12 NCAA basketball championships. In 1984, when I was 20, I was hired as a PE teacher, athletic director, and coach by Sister Martha Raleigh at St. Mark's School in Venice, a K-8 Catholic school on the west side of Los Angeles. I first started coaching teams like I was coached when I was young, and that style of being mean and punitive did not sit well with my players or with me. So I dove into the books of the man I wished I had played for, I wished it had coached me, John Wooden. I searched and searched for the quick answer on how to win, but that was not how Coach presented things. Be quick, but don't hurry. Things turn out the best for those who make the best of how things turn out. Discipline yourself and others won't have to. Wait, what? Come on, let's go Coach, I need to win now. Little things make the big things happen. Don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Okay starting to make some sense now. Earn the right to be proud and confident. Nothing will work unless you do. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to become the best of which you are capable. By reinforcing the teachings of the master teacher to my teams, I became a better coach and a better person. Also in the introduction of the previous episode, I covered the fact that John Wooden was a great basketball player as a young man. Born in the Hoosier state of Indiana in 1910, when our 27th president, William Howard Taft, was in office. And no, I will not be making any bathtub jokes here. Anyhow, young John Wooden led his high school to a state title in 1927. He was named All-State three times, and then in college, he was a three-time All-American and the Collegiate Player of the Year in 1932, as Purdue University was named national champion. Wooden, true to his nature, was most proud of the Big Ten medal he received for scholarship and athletics. He learned important lessons from his parents, the value of hard work growing up on a farm, and he met the love of his life, Nell. The two married after John graduated from Purdue in 1932. From 1932 to 1934, Wooden began his teaching and coaching career at Dayton High School in Kentucky. That first basketball team he coached would be the only one in over 40 years of coaching that would have a losing record. The only one. Dayton is also where Wooden began to redefine the definition of success, away from the material gains and in the direction of peace of mind through knowing you did your best. This was the beginning of his landmark work, The Pyramid of Success. He also earned a few dollars playing on the side of what was then regional professional basketball at one point sinking 138 straight free throws. 
I'm pretty sure Shaq never even made two in a row. From Dayton, Coach moved back to Indiana, where he coached at Central High School in South Bend for the next nine years. By this time, his system is in high gear. He won 218 against only 42 losses over that time. John R. Wooden serves his country for WW2, enlisting in the Navy in 1942, working as a physical education instructor. After discharge from the Navy in 1946, he and Nell moved to Terre Haute to coach at Indiana Teachers College, which is now Indiana State. The NCAA basketball tournament, which began in 1939, was not yet the massive March Madness event that it would become. The NAIA tournament, which was held in Kansas City and was founded by the founder of the sport, James Naismith, was as prestigious as any national tournament in those days. Coach Wooden earned an invitation the first year he coached the Sycamores to an 18-8 record, but there was a problem. The tournament committee would not permit any black players, and Johnny Wooden was having none of that. Well, when I found out after the invitation that uh, a black uh, American could not play, I returned it down. And uh, they tried to put a little pressure on me in some ways to come, but I, I still refused to do it. It didn't matter that Clarence Walker was, as Coach noted after, not one of the guys that got to play very much at all. He was a member of the team. Wood, and true to his nature, was matter-of-fact and humble about this gesture. But keep in mind, this was a year before the ex-UCLA four-sports standout Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball, and well before the civil rights movement had taken hold. Coach Wooden went 44-15 and in two seasons at Indiana Teachers College, attracting the attention from bigger schools. Two schools offered him positions, Minnesota and UCLA. His and Nell's preference was for the job at Minnesota. It's in the Midwest and the Big Ten Conference that Coach knew so well. Wooden asked Minnesota Athletic Director Frank McCormick that he be allowed to bring along his own assistant. McCormick would need permission from the school president. A return call was promised, but a severe storm in Minnesota, go figure, had blown down the phone lines. When Wooden did not get the return call from McCormick, he accepted the position at UCLA, despite his and Nell's apprehension to move to Los Angeles. There's no snowstorms blowing down phone lines in LA, baby. Only minutes later after the call with UCLA, the phone lines had been restored in Minnesota, and good old Frank McCormick called back with the green light on the assistant and a better offer. Wooden declined, saying he had given his word to UCLA. College basketball would never be the same. John R. Wooden would succeed Wilbur Johns as the fourth basketball coach in UCLA's history. UCLA, which had only three winning seasons in the previous 17 years, went 22-7 and and won the Bruins' first ever conference championship in Coach Wooden's first season. They would win eight conference championships in 15 years, then break through in the NCAA tournament in 1964 to win their first national championship. In 1972, the year the Bruins beat the Florida State Seminoles for the sixth consecutive and eighth NCAA title, Albert Hammond had a hit that rose to number five on the charts. It never rains in Southern California. Frank McCormick knew that all too well. And so now that I've dropped, Sister Martha, the president that got stuck in a bathtub, Nell Wooden, 
Dayton High School, the big 50% free throw shooter, Central High School, Indiana Teachers College, James Naismith, Clarence Walker, Jackie Robinson, Wilbur Johns, the Seminoles, Albert Hammonds, and Frank McCormick. It never rains at the 7428 studio. Here is the second half of my interview from the sunlit 7428 studio in Southern California with Coach Wooden's grandson-in-law and the author of Wooden's Wisdom, the one and only Craig Impleman. And the way I would explain it to employees is that if you've been working with the company for 10 years and you have a perfect time and attendance record and you tell me that you need six months off to go back to Kansas to help your ailing mother, mm -hmm. my response might be different than if you've been working here for six months and you've been late 10 times and you want to go back to Kansas. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So that's kind of the... What year did you marry into uh, the family then? 35 years ago. I'm doing the math. So I know. I'm, 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 1984, I guess, that is that right? 45, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, uh, and so Coach had been, what, 10 years retired, 9 years retired? And were you... So look at this. i got to show you. I remember I told you about this. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah this... So i got to always get... This is my copy of Practical Modern <laughs> Basketball. And anytime Coach signed anything for a child, he would write... He'd sign it, love. Mm-hmm. For a little child. It's right, there's one right up underneath that television that says, For Sienna, Love, John Wooden, UCLA. He wrote, well, he wrote Love? Yeah. And yours says Best Witches. Yeah. Uh, I know where I stand. So, I, so it's perfect. <laughs> How old were you when Coach signed that for you, Sienna? Yeah. yeah. Like so everything he ever signed for a child, he signed Love. Look right at <laughs> Sienna spot on. So I asked Coach at one point in time, to, and this is signed in 84, after we had been married, and Coach signed his book to me with a little bit more than just good luck. Best wishes. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let Denny, <laughs> Denny read that to the, so this is the, one to that, the way Coach wouldn't sign his book so, to me. So uh, for Coach, uh, he called me Coach on my ball, by the way. For uh, Coach Craig Implement with best wishes always and the request to do your best to make Christy happy and keep her happy. John Wooden on Christmas Eve of 1984. So now I have to tell you, Mike, my, my, if you want to. Wow, that's, that's so sweet. He is such a sweet man. Sweet? It says request. Well, to he's, looking out. Keeper, he's looking out for Christy. Keep her happy. He, he's not worried about you. Clear concise, <laughs> he's looking out for Christy, I think. Okay, our, Denny, I've told you this story, but this is my. I was thinking about yeah. my favorite John Wooden stories because it goes to Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, the sure. Christmas Eve story. So. <laughs> John Wooden, there's a word I like to use. It's eidetic. And you folks at home can look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> and I may not be using the word exactly right. It's a version of photographic, but it's a little bit more extreme than photographic. But John Wooden, when he speaks, is though people are always amazed when he spoke because yeah. he had he would reel off poems. It's and they'd right. always go, where's the teleprompter? Oh, I can't believe he just did that poem. Well, reality was... I knew the coach wouldn't had about twenty five poems in the box. Okay, that okay? he had memorized. He could pull them out anytime he wanted. Yeah, he just had them. I mean, it yeah. was what it was, uh -huh. which is amazing. It is on its own. <laughs> Christmas Eve, I'm at Nan Wooden. I call her mom, Grand Nan's house, Coach Wooden's daughter's house. Yep. And I'm sitting on the couch in the living room, and in the middle is Papa here. And on this side is Karen, my wife's sister, 
and I'm sitting here, just the three of us. And Karen says, Papa, how did you get interested in poetry? And Papa says, well, on the farm, after the chores were done at night, my dad, dad used to read us scripture. And then after he read scripture, he would read poetry to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Coach does what he does, which is to sit back just a little, and he does this. <laughs> and he closes his eyes and he leans back. Yep. And he proceeds to recite two really long, reasonably long, 19th century poems, which I have never – they're not in the 25. Oh, wow. They're not uh-huh. in the box. Okay? I've never heard him recite these poems before. Yeah. I mean, not even close. So he gets all he's, he's done. He's pulling those Karen, out from his childhood. Karen, Karen's like, oh, Papa, that's amazing. And, and uh, well, of course, I said – I said, Papa, I've never heard you recite those poems before. And he says, well, I never have. And I said, well, how, do you, how did you remember them? He goes, well, that's two that Dad used to read on the porch. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he had that kind of recall. Because he could recall almost anything when when queried like in his interviews that he would do and people would ask him about something and he could go into unbelievable detail about about something from 1938 and then if you're talking about kind of going from the the next astonishing who I don't know who could do this I don't know anybody I don't know anybody who does this I'm sure there's somebody out there who does it okay but we talk about preparation mm-hmm. so it's well known that John Wooden failing spent, to prepare is preparing well, that, to fail. It's well known that John Wooden spent two hours every day, <laughs> ten to twelve, uninterrupted, unless there's a family emergency, planning practice. Ten to twelve. That's no big secret. Every day. Uh-huh. Now the fact that he did this every day for twenty-five years, and that the outline of practice is pretty much on the surface the same or similar year to year, it becomes a little bit more amazing. But if you walked into John Wooden's office to get the whole story correct, there was binders in a bookcase. And I think maybe Coach Eric has these binders. And the binders were the practice schedules for all the years that John Wooden had coached at UCLA. Hmm. And every day before the meeting, he would take out three binders, which would be the three previous years. Because mm-hmm. if he had a senior, that meant that he would have been at practice that day. Oh, right. So he's got those binders opened up with the minute-by-minute what happened in practice. But there's notes about what happened in practice. Now, let's talk about how that happened. So he goes to practice, and he has his card. I can't say that he's writing on his card during practice because I don't know one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing he didn't need to, given the poem story. But what I do know is that, and my wife thinks it's funny that I would even bring this up, is that they would come back in the locker room, the coaches, after practice, uh-huh. and before the coaches took a shower, my wife thinks that's an unnecessary detail, <laughs> before the coaches took a shower, he would have them sit down, right? Uh-huh. And they would recount practice. 
what went well, what didn't do well, blah, 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 blah. And Coach sure. Wood would make notes about it, okay. detailed notes. This drill was too long, da, 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 da. Uh, on the cart. And then in the binder. Now, Not now yet. he gets done. He takes a shower. The team is showering, and they're going to be headed up for pregame meal, which is yet another story. Coach then, while they're doing that, goes up to the office before pregame meal, takes the binder from that day's practice, and puts the notes from the card on the binder. Hmm. Boom. And this goes on for – so imagine being a sales guy and doing that every time you did a sales call. Having the discipline – To do that every single time. And then – I don't mean – I mean every time. Jeez. Right? And, you know, if we're talking about attention to detail, if we're talking about organization uh, – Yeah, unreal. I mean, you know, Coach I, – I, when they built Pauly Pavilion, Coach requested that the visitor's locker room be identical to his locker room. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it nice, but not too nice. And he <laughs> thought it would be discourteous for his team to have a big locker room right. and the other team to right. have. <laughs> Wasn't exactly the Boston Garden. People seem to say that you need it for recruiting. Coach didn't want somebody if they didn't want to come. That's right. So if, you're, if you run a company and you're begging somebody to join your company, you don't need them on your team. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about after practice, right? You got to take your gear, mm-hmm. and you got to take your shoes, Denny. Mm-hmm. You got to take your shoes to the cage. Obviously, you got to clean your locker up. Yep. Spick and span. And coach does go in and check <laughs> the locker room. That upset him more than anything. And if you left the place, you go to the cage and you turn your shoes in because your shoes are kept in a special shelf. Where it's temperature controlled, with the laces open to he air He really out did care about your feet, didn't he? Because <laughs> coach thought that was the most important thing. Then they would take your gear. The manager would count your gear. And then he would give you an orange. Mm-hmm. And then before computers, on the bulletin board right there, would be the stats already posted from that day's scrimmage. Jesus. And the cumulative stats – that were taken to practice. Unreal. Unreal. And Coach didn't need to have a conversation. He didn't need to tell him to look at the board. No. He didn't have a, need to have a speech about the numbers. Right? Because guess what? They were going to look. They were going to look. Um, what Do you think when you when you got to know him a little bit better, 84, 85, you'd married into the family, do you think he missed coaching at all? Coach? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. He always said that uh, – that he missed practice. That he missed practice. I mean, that's, he said that over and over again. That he, mm-hmm. but that he missed practice. But I, you know, I would, I would get that he missed. Over those days, like, because um, then his routine became going to VIPs. Was it called the uh, VIPs? VIPs. Yeah. See, Danny, you're leading me. You're leading me to a new, unreleased story. Okay. Okay. By all means, do tell. This is an unbelievable story. <laughs> This story's never been told. Okay. I think I told one person. <laughs> okay. So there's a coffee shop in the Valley. The yep. food is great, by the way. It's mm-hmm. called Vips. Vips. And Coach Wooden went to Vips not every morning, but many mornings for breakfast. Yeah. And he sat in the same booth, and he had the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the owner uh, is Paul, 
and his wife, and I'm I hope my wife never sees this podcast because I can't remember Paul's wife's name, and she's fantastic, unbelievable, the greatest person in the history of the world. They run the business. Okay. So there's a couple things with Coach Wooden that you can never do. All right. You can never get a check. Oh. And you can never open the door for him. Is that right? Try to open the door for John Wood. Not going to happen. He's going to open the door for you. And if you're eating with the guy, you're never going to get the check. (laughs) Okay. He's going to get the check. I mean – that's the way it goes. That's the way okay. it goes. Now, Nan Wooden's husband, Dick, mm-hmm. was the only guy I ever saw that Coach let open a door for him. So, hmm. Dick. Okay. But back to the story. So, I don't know at what point in time. Coach had a saying that I originally didn't like, which was the time to make friends is before you need them. Uh-huh. Because I thought it was gimmicky. But what Coach meant by that saying was don't make somebody your friend just because you want something from them. Yeah. Just be friendly to be friendly. Okay. So now we're going to go into the story. So at a point in time, Coach Wooden, maybe it was after he passed away. I don't know. But there's a booth, John Wooden's booth. Mm-hmm. But I know the Wooden's family money was no good at VIPs. Okay. They understood. So we could go there. We could try to pay. And Paul will not let you pay. Nice. I mean. Well, doesn't matter. He's not going to let you pay. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know, and he, and, if you, and you can't even tip the waitress and the busboy. He's going to say, "I got that." So you you have to sneak cash tips to the waitress and the busboy when Paul's not looking. <laughs> but you're definitely not going to get the check. So, and this goes. This still goes on to this day. And you think about the wood. That's something else. Well, you I'm, think about John Wood legacy. Really, ten years later, you're. Spring it for the this guy's family's yeah. meals, and it, if you bring ten people, twenty people. Well, I'm sure Gandhi didn't pay for his it's checks still, either. Still the same thing, right? Okay. I don't know if Coach paid or not. That would be a Mike Warren question. Okay, but which another guy? That's a guy you should. <laughs> that have on is the a podcast. good guy. He'd be great. He's a good guy. Uh, but uh, so here's my story. So I go to Vips, and I'm picking up my my mother-in-law. Wouldn't feel him that hot, and so I go to Vips to get some of the great wonton soup to go. Sure. And I call the order in ahead of time. And uh, so, Paul, so I'll be standing out in front. I go, Paul, man, look at all this. So I park, and I go in. Well, Paul's not at the counter. So the guy's standing there. I think it's his son or something. And, and he says, well, did you order? I go, yeah, I told Paul. He goes, oh, yeah, it's right here. The order's ready. He goes, well, you wait. Paul's back in the kitchen. He probably wants to say hello to you, but Paul's not coming up. Okay. Right. And uh, so finally the guy says, well, okay. And uh, so he rings up the sale. And I'm thinking I'm finally going to get to pay for something at Vips. And uh, so I give the guy 20. Right. And uh, I think he gave me five and change. So I give the guy 15 bucks. Okay. So now I go out and I parked in the parking lot behind Vips, which is really be like walking Denny from here. Long parking lot. Okay. I'm all the way in the back. Four or five minute walk, right? Way I walk. So I got the soup, and I'm thinking, I did it. I paid it Vips. <laughs> you paid it Vips. I go out, <laughs> and I open the passenger side door of the car, and I got the soup, and I can feel somebody behind me. <laughs> and it's Paul. <laughs> and he's not going to let you pay. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> He doesn't say anything. He's standing behind me. He reaches in my pocket, 
and stuffs <laughs> something in there. And he says, Craig, you need help with the soup? Oh, we don't want goodness. it to spill. The lid's on it tight. And, of course, I I just took the soup. Yeah. Uh. I, said, I said, thank you, Paul. He said, of course. So nobody's course, still to this I, day. I looked in my pocket. There's the, 15 bucks. The streak is intact. <laughs> so how uh, good of friends did John make? Yeah, of course he the did. The coach wouldn't make. The owner of the restaurant's chasing the flunky, the flunky son-in-law out in the parking lot in the heat to give him a refund. That's you, how good a friend John you told me. You told me a story uh, when we first met that cracked me up. Was it about the end of Coach's streak? Um, they won 88 straight. I think they lost at Notre Dame. And there was a, a kid on that team who oh. sat directly behind where Digger Phelps was. And I think Coach had Swen Nader on the team. Well, there's two great stories. There, there, there's, about, there's three great stories about that game. Because that, that, that's like there's legend a multi- game. There's a multitude of stories about that game. Yeah. But So I'll start, first of all, with the first one I like, which is not the one you're asking, but I will give you that one second. Uh, Larry Farmer was 89-1 as a player. As a player. 89-1, three national championships, best record of any player in the history of college basketball. Jeez, eight, he and, won 89 out of 90 games. And so it's unbelievable. Larry said that, uh, or Coach Farmer said that he was given a speech and he was joking with me, and he's and because, of course, some guy in the crowd asked, well, what did John Wooden say after you lost the game? <laughs> and Larry said, well, he goes, I didn't have a lot of experience with that, but <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said because it only happened once, and that was back at that game. Uh, at Notre Dame. Yeah, in, in, at Notre Dame. I don't – that might have not – yeah, that was the game. Yeah. Uh, it might not have been that game. But anyway, so yeah. Coach, he said, Coach came in the locker room and he said, we got whipped. Only good things about the other team. Get a shower and let's get out of here. Uh-huh. And that was it. That's it. And it was interestingly, I had this conversation with Lute Olson. Mm-hmm. And Legendary Arizona Lute was coach. talking about how he took Iowa coach. the same approach, which is super short. Under 30 seconds, under a minute after we lose a game. That's right. Because mm-hmm. we're only going to fix it You can fix practice. it in practice, and nobody's listening a whole lot anyways. So there's a couple stories about about that game. And it might not be that game, but it's about the game you're asking yeah. about that are just great stories. So a, 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 88 game winning streak. And it, uh, I, I'm not sure that this is the game that this happened, but there was a game at Notre Dame. Okay. And Digger Phelps was the coach. And the the first great story uh, is a great coach, a Hall of Fame high school coach from De La Salle High School, who's now the uh, uh, great athlete in his own right, who's now an assistant athletic director at USF. And he was a player on that Digger Phelps team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he, uh, uh, he idolized Coach Wooden so much that the night before the game, yeah, I love this. He yeah. hid under the bleachers to watch UCLA practice. Right. He didn't want to get any secrets. He just wanted to see <laughs> what it looked like. Right. And so he told me the story. He says, "Yeah." He said Larry Hollifield wasn't moving quite real fast. And he says, "Coach Wooden says, <laughs> you know, I guess we all expect, hey, you got a hustle." He said, "Coach, was it Larry? Are you tired?" <laughs> and immediately everybody 
<laughs> that's what was brilliant. That's all, that's all that's he said. Brilliant. That's what was so brilliant about him. Uh, Larry, are you are, tired? Are you tired? Are you tired? <laughs> and, uh, so that was that. And uh, so then he proceeded to tell me the story because he was on the bench right. at that game. And uh, I believe it was that game, in fact. But anyway, so Walton's in the game, and Walton has a bad back. Mm-hmm. And John Shoemate is really roughing Walton up. I mean, he's Sh- Sh- Shoemate was great. Elbows uh, to Notre the back, Dame player. Yep. Elbows to the back to the point where Coach feels like he's trying to injure him. Mm-hmm. So Coach Wooden gets up. And the coaches tell me this. He walks down, and I'm not going to get the words exactly right, but he says, Digger. So he, he, he walks down to where Digger's coaching. During the game. During the game. Right, right. in front of Digger. Uh-huh. And looks him right in the eye. Uh-huh. And says, Digger, there's two ways we can settle this. Right. You can tell Shoemate to quit trying to hurt Walton. Yeah. Or – I got Swen Nader down there who's seven feet, two hundred and seventy pounds. I could put him with some instructions, and that'll be the end of it. See, I love and that. And then, and then, in co- typical so Coach Wooden fashion, yeah. he says, "It's up to you," and walks away. Yeah. So, uh, the finish of the story is that Digger told Shoemate to knock it off. Yep. And he did. The finish to the story. The real finish to the story. Is that the next week, John Wooden wrote Digger Phelps a letter mm-hmm. apologizing to his behavior. Yep. And also asking Digger to pass along his apologies to, <laughs> to Shoemate. John Shoemate, who was a fine uh, young man. That's something else. That is something that, else. That's kind of a classic. That is that is so. But I could just see him going, you know, we, you know, Swen, he was a champion in his country. In oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that did happen. Oh man, what what got you um, involved? Um, I mean, I can imagine you were inspired, but to you know promote Coach's legacy and to start the Wooden's um, Wisdom uh, website and 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 sharing that newsletter. Because uh, I should say to um, those that listen to the podcast or watch the podcast, they'll know that uh, Wooden's Wisdom is one of the it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, it's one of the supporters of our podcast, and it's where we're able to gain archives and relate wooden stories to any of our stories. Great story. So uh, I'm working for Gene Bartow. Coach. 135 a month. <laughs> and uh, But I'm coaching at UCLA. Hey. So there was a guy that had uh, ran basketball camps all over the northwest United States. So – he would bring in the UCLA assistant coaches as guest speakers. Okay. And we got paid – I think I, I probably got paid $100 or $150. It was more than I made in a More month, than you probably. paid in a month, yeah. It's a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Kelly Warner calls me and says, hey, you want to come up and speak at these camps? Sure. And uh, so I knew at that time I wanted to talk about more than just basketball. Sure. And the only thing I knew more than basketball was John Wooden. And he had <laughs> written, uh, Wooden's Wisdom has 414 issues and growing. And if you go in the leadership okay. library, you can pull down. You, by you, top, you, 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 should pull ex- down. you should explain. You've developed this website. Well, I'll tell you that. But anyway, you, you can pull it up by it's, topic. It's fascinating. And if you go topic, medalist articles, it pulls in. Yeah. The original at that time, Coach Wooden had written this book, and they call me Coach, but at not all time. the other books. Okay, 
But he had written a lot of articles for Medalist Publications, which was a, a, a publication that was distributed to all basketball coaches. So the content of these articles was his sayings and his thoughts on life, mm-hmm. which are very similar to what ended up in the Blue Book. Mm-hmm. So I had collected all those articles, mm. and I had had our basketball secretary type I them see. up and put them in a binder. I see. So okay. I got on the airplane, and I took that binder, and I went through, and I picked out five things from John Wooden that okay. I had learned that I wanted to teach and then you... at basketball camp. Good. So that That's... started that. 20 years later, 25 years later, who knows? I lose track. By that time, I was teaching these lessons at all my basketball camps that Coach Wooden was sure. speaking on. This has been going on for 30 years, and it's a whole two-hour deal called The Talk, and I'm doing skits about take out the trash and don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny, and it's great, and the kids love it. And so I have a client. I, I'm running a collection agency which is built on love and balance in the love pyramid of success, mm-hmm. where the nice collection agency, <laughs> front page LA Times, treat everybody great. Okay. Uh, and uh, love and balance. My client, love and balance. That's the, love and balance. First day training to collector, love and balance. Mm-hmm. So my client, SBC, AT and T now wants me to come and give a speech mm. about wood. Mm-hmm. Never done a corporate speech. Well, I decided I'm just going to give the same speech I give at the basketball camp. Mm-hmm. So I do. And it works. I'll bet. So then I'll I bet. wanted to give something to the team members at my work on a weekly basis that was a lesson from John Wood. So I took the medalist publications. I took the blue book. And then each week. Our secretary would pull out, we put together about a 150-page lesson called Coach's Corner. And if you worked at our company, every Monday morning when you came to work, mm-hmm. that piece of paper would be sitting on your desk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people took it and threw it in a garbage can. Some people would come and hand it back to me and say, I don't need this. I need to make more money. <laughs> and other people would tell me it saved their marriage. Mm-hmm. Other people would tell me they gave it to their child's teacher. Mm-hmm. And that went on for 10 years. So if you actually worked with me at that company, you would have actually read the Blue Book 10 times. Sure. Over the course yeah, of the year. It makes a lot of sense. So now John Wooden dies. Jim Haney, fantastic person, who's the head of the National Association of Basketball Coaches mm-hmm. at ABC, 4,000-plus members, Imp and Lynn Guerin was instrumental in this. Is there something we can do to perpetuate coaches' lessons? Sure. And so I said, well, I got something in Coach's Corner. Great. And then oh, Lynn and I decided we wanted something more substantial. So instead of a 150-word lesson, it became 500 words, mm-hmm. a video clip, one of Coach Wooden's favorite poems, and an application exercise. Those are the four components. Okay. And it was delivered by email. Wooden's Wisdom, Issue 1. Curriculum started out, seven-point creed, two sets of three. Mm-hmm. Pyramid of success, one on each block, the mortar, straight to the masterpiece, 
Practical Modern Basketball uh-huh. on what it takes to be the coach. Wow. Coach is a leader. Coach is a teacher. That's, That's year one curriculum. Okay. Fifty. It's only going to go one year. Come on. They're going to get tired of this after a year, <laughs> right? Uh, 52 issues, right? So it starts going out to these 4,000 by email. Nobody looks at emails. 4,000-plus coaches. Well, one out of three of the coaches are reading it. One out of ten are sending it to somebody else. Which is Our combined open rate, including forwards, is close to 60%. That's, that's, that's unheard of, I mean. So now, Coach Haney and I talk, well, here's my year two curriculum. <laughs> of course. Here's the results you got for <laughs> year one. All right, Ip. Look out. Let's okay. go. So that's how it developed. So now we moved into Coach Wooden's Saints. Yeah. I just sent Jim Haney an email two weeks ago giving him the results of our eighth year. Eighth year. We have over 1.5 million Come on. opens. Come on. That is brilliant. From, I got goosebumps telling you that. That is brilliant. From 4,000 plus coaches that are constantly – new guys are added every week. Some are on issue 415, some are on one, and it just keeps going. I ran out of wooden content after 313 issues. I then picked out 50 other coaches, ranging from Red Hour back to Bill Belichick and everybody in between. I just wrote my fourth issue on Valerie Condos Field. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the results, we're still at this 60%. Unreal. Total opens, one out of four coaches open it. And then we've also marketed it to college. Obviously, UCLA gets it for sure. in your athletic department. Pepperdine, Oklahoma State, Florida. So the idea is that athletic departments buy it for everybody that works in their athletic department. The cool thing about it is that the open rate is the same with coaches as it is with non-coaches. Yes. So, okay, I had worked in athletics for so long. And then made this transition into doing this podcast and certainly wanted Coach Wood in, in his wisdom to be, to be part of it. So after I met you, I, I was familiar with Wooden's wisdom. The vault. But, 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 and then the vault was turned over, of course, which was unbelievable. But you, you said these things, and what we've done with the podcast is we have a Coach's Corner on our website. Which is great. And so people go to that, and right now what's there is Coach's favorite poems. And it allows one of our listeners to read that poem, send it to us. Which is awesome. Let me, okay. Let, and now, wait. Then your, your newsletter comes in, poems. and I forward it to my crew. Right. And I say, if you want off of this, let me know. And most everybody comes back with, nope, keep sending them. Like, these are great. Let's talk about the and poems. It's, and and so, so, hold on. What is so important is coaches' teachings. And then you have picked up this legacy and spread it, and even a small little business like mine will use it to create a backbone to be, create what we believe. It's great as far as moving ourselves forward, and that's brilliant that you're keeping Coach's legacy alive well, like that. And then you're putting your uh, own particular and really, and, personality. Really, I have it. to say, there's not much. In it, there's not much of me writing in Wooden's wisdom. Mm-hmm. I try to pull out Coach Wooden's words, not Craig Implement's version. So. And the vault that we're talking about is our leadership library, which has 414 issues. You can look up any issue by topic. That's unbelievable. Whether you want a mental toughness, and you might see, oh, here's what Joe Torrey says about it. Here's what Belichick, here's what Coach Wooden says about it. But we got to talk about the poems. 
and we got to talk yeah. about the file about the file cabinet. So <laughs> the poems, the poems for probably the first at least hundred issues were direct favorites of Coach Woods. Yeah. Okay. Other ones came from ones he marked off in books. Uh-huh. Now we're kind of moving into Edgar Guest poems. But anyway, let's talk about the file cabinet. So when I would go visit Coach Wooden, he had a little file cabinet behind him. Oh. And, uh, and it's den- he'd sit at his desk, mm-hmm. and he'd reach in that file cabinet, he'd pull a folder out, and he'd open the folder out, and he'd figure through it. And then he'd take a poem out that he liked, <laughs> and he'd read it out loud to me. And then he'd hand me the poem. So that that's how it started. That started, and of course I kept wow my yeah poem collection. Fast forward, Coach Wooden dies. This is a great story. So obviously there's Coach Wooden's condo, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff at the condo mm-hmm. memorabilia. Uh, the family allowed UCLA to take his den. And recreated at UCLA, Which, but there's still a lot of stuff. It's brilliant in the house, right? It's so good. And uh, so, my mother-in-law kept asking me if I wanted to come over and see if there's anything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I said no, Mom. I'm just. I didn't. I mean, I felt like I was just a son-in-law or grandson-in-law. Yeah. I wasn't blood, and I didn't want to get in the way of. There's there's seven grandchildren, and the, they should. Have first licks. And uh, so finally, uh, Nan calls me. He goes, honey, do you want to come over and see anything you want? I go, no, Mom. She goes, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow, whatever's still here is going to the library or the trash. <laughs> I said, I'll be over see, in 10 minutes. That's, that's a true mom right there. So I go over there. <laughs> now, this would only be meaningful to me. This is Raiders of the Lost Ark for me. <laughs> so I'm there looking around. Well, first of all, his entire nonfiction book collection is on the shelf. I took all that. There's boxes of videotapes, which I took all that. And Nan says, honey, you might want to look back in that closet. I think there's a file cabinet back there. Oh, look out. Look out. It's the file cabinet. So that's what's on the So oh. I go back into the closet and I open the file cabinet. There's the folder with all Look the poems. Out. All Coach Wooden's handouts oh, wow. to his players. It's, the, it's John Wooden's file cabinet. Wow. So, of course, you know, yeah. somebody else maybe not so meaningful to me. Oh, to. There's a lot of people. It's very meaningful. There's Wooden's wisdom getting but, started. But that's it right there, and you're so, going to share that. Wow. It's pretty easy. So the poems that you're working with came out of the folders. Unbelievable. All right. Well, you know you know what Nan said? We, You know, I have a research team, of course. <laughs> and she said, nobody in our family has a better understanding of the ideas and philosophy of my father than Craig Impleman. Well, that's sweet. Isn't that sweet? So now... I have some questions for you. Well, we got to talk about the vault, too. Please. Because. Oh, yes, because. Because you're going to ask me questions, but let me tell you something else. Yeah. And I, I, you've gotten there already. Yeah, I have. Right now, there's about 100 and growing video clips with questions Coach Wooden was asked. Right. So one of the fun things we like to do is if, if Coach Wooden, if you're going to ask Coach Wooden a question, what would it be? And then instead of me giving an answer, you, you can go look to the at vault. It. 
Well, I'll do you one better. I, um, for instance, we just produced because we do these interviews yeah, and yeah. then we'll post produce them. So we did an interview with Peter Bull where he played linebacker for the uh, Baltimore Ravens wow. on, on the team that won the Super Bowl next to Ray Lewis. So wow. He, okay. And he's a father of five. One of his daughters, outstanding beach volleyball player. She won our national championships. Peter was nice enough to sit down and do this interview. So we did this interview. But in building it backwards, we then say, uh, I talk about being a coach of my children. And I say, and this guy's got five kids and such. And, and you know what Coach Wooden says. And then we roll in a YouTube question where Coach says the importance of being a parent. And that's exactly what you have given to our podcast is that's the ability I'm glad. to go to the master and say, hey, why don't you chime in and on there's this There's a one? Woods Wisdom YouTube channel out there. Yeah. If you want to look it's, up it's, and it's beautiful. see some short answers. Anyway. All right. You ready? I'm going to ask yes. you a couple questions. First, some hard-hitting journalistic questions. So, Okay. I'm going to see now. I'm going to see if I can not be Craig Eppelman, and I'm going to see if I can be John Wooden. And here's what being John Wooden means. <laughs> Come on now. No, you no, actually, no. I need Craig Implement on this you first You actually one. answered. Coach Wooden actually would answer the Coach Wooden actually would answer the question that you asked him, and then he would stop. Oh, come on now. And let you ask your next question. I, I don't think he would. <laughs> yeah, he would actually listen as much. <laughs> all right. Well, these I'm asking Craig first. Let's all right? try. Which of uh, the great UCLA basketball teams do you think was the best? What's that now? Which 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 of UCLA's basketball teams do you think was the greatest? Oh boy! I know Coach would never answer that question. Well, yeah, Coach Wooden's answer is they're all. Do you have? Uh, like I remember somebody down in uh, uh, <laughs> Southern California asking that question at a deal, and, and uh, it was an older fellow, and he was pretty yeah. sure of himself, and because uh, <laughs> he started out by saying, "Coach Wooden, we know you get all your usual yeah. blah blah blah. I don't yeah. want to hear any of that. Just tell us who the best." Yeah, and then Coach Wooden said. Do you have any grandchildren? <laughs> Which one do you like the best? <laughs> the guy said, well, yeah. Says, How many? Five. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? <laughs> well, I uh, – anyway. uh, I just care. What? Long Which story one? short, that is a difficult – Of course it is. – question. Mm -hmm. I think I would, I would probably go to one of two. Okay, fair enough. I, I think conventionally – Well, the one that I see, and I, I, I know Mike Warren and others would feel differently. <laughs> when Bill Walton was a sophomore, mm -hmm. they were undefeated. Mm -hmm. Their average margin of victory is 33.5 points a game, mm -hmm. which is a record. That's unbelievable. Their okay. average margin of victory. 33.5 oh, points a game. That's thirty and 0. absurd. Okay. So, you got Walton at center. You got Wilkes at the high post. Yeah. You got Bibby over in the corner. Henry Bibby right? from the corner. And Greg Lee at the point. And you got Larry Farmer at the at the well, I guess you would call it the power forward. But but what people don't realize, and I'm not prejudiced in this regard, Larry Farmer could guard anybody. Okay. Larry Farmer, six five, two feet standing, one step, put this much of his palm above the top of the square. So he would guard mm -hmm. the other team's best perimeter guy. And and Henry Bibby is an elite defensive player. Mm -hmm. Jamal Wilkes, elite defensive player. That, that team was now I think traditional wisdom would probably 
go to you'd probably have somebody say the team with Mike Warren, and Lucius, Lu- Luasander, Kareem, yeah, and I, 67. guys. I, I, they, okay. they're gonna hate me. I don't remember the other starters, You're, so I'm sorry. That, that's fair enough. Shackelford. You just you just push the button at me. Um, but no, it's okay, my earliest let, memory let, of let's, basketball. Let's not let, let's talk about so let's talk about another team, <laughs> okay. which nobody would put in that group. Yeah. But let's talk about the dynamics of the team for yeah. a minute, and the five starters. Henry Bibby, NBA, right? Multiple years. Yep. John Valley, NBA, multiple years. Mm-hmm. Steve Patterson, NBA, mm-hmm. multiple years. Sidney Wicks, second player taken draft, NBA, multiple years. Curtis Rowe. Wicks and Rowe. Curtis Rowe, NBA, That's a heck of multiple a years. I Against you. Villanova, no substitutions till two minutes to go when the game is in hand. <laughs> they always talk about only one substitution against Kentucky, right? That Villanova game, he didn't substitute anybody. Whole game. <laughs> I guess he didn't think they were tired. Uh, who's the best player coach ever worked with? I mean, I, to me, that's an easy answer. He always says he's got a whole speech on that. I know. That but he, to me, i got to say Kareem. I mean, he's a great yeah, scorer he's got in this, I forget. I get it confused. He does the most valuable, and then he does yeah, the he most. Does. He says the most. What did Kareem go, 88 and 2? He's got one, one that says most valuable. And the other one is most dominant. Coach Wooden does a whole speech on it. I wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I, I He has said this. I, I'll tell you two, two best, which as a volleyball guy. And when I heard this, I thought. Yeah, he, Coach he, Wooden, he, he called him on. an athlete. He, he didn't say that. Come on. Keith but Erickson. He, he, Coach Wooden said yeah. straight out. Straight out. No. Right. The greatest athlete. That he ever coached was Keith Erickson. I remember. And there was no him and Hawen, <laughs> period. And on the best player ever, right? You got to go with. He never said anything about his own team. But there was an interview when he was asked about the best player ever. And a kind of in an off moment, he goes, he said, Michael Jordan, I think. Oh, did he really? Best ever. Oh, wow. Well, he would have been watching him. Yeah, you know. Well, the thing about Michael Jordan, right after he retired. Well, that's all, the, the thing about Michael Jordan, which, which the average fan doesn't know, yeah, is that he was the best offensive player and the best, and he was player. the best defensive player on the court. Yeah. yeah. So there's two things that happen yeah. with three minutes to go in a close game, and I don't care if you got. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is LeBron quite a James, player. I don't care who you got. There's two things that happen. Jordan guards your best guy, and he's done for the night. <laughs> yeah. And at the other end, Jordan's going to get what he wants. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So that's the way the close games end. Where was Coach born and what year? I don't know. All right. 1910. Indiana. He was born in 1910. The city he was born in was what? What's the actual Hall, city? Indiana. Hall. What? H-A-L-L. Hall. Hall. Yeah. Because that, that you have the correct one. All right. Uh, what high school did he play at? I've been at the high school. i got to tell you the statue <laughs> story. And I can't, what, tell me the name of the high school. Martinsville High. Martinsville. So i got to tell you the statue okay. story. And there's okay. a video about it. Yeah. There's a video clip about this. Okay. So, But for your, your podcast viewers, I love this story. <laughs> so Martinsville High School decides 
without in, telling in, in Indiana, of course. Indiana, Martinsville. He, Indiana. he wins the state title in 27. And they decide that they want to put a statue of John Wooden in the lobby. Okay. Okay, but they did without asking him. Uh, UCLA asked him a lot of times, could they do a statue? And he says, yes, after I'm dead. That was. That's, that's but anyway, him. Martinsville High School decides to do a John Wooden statue. And uh, Coach Wooden tells this story beautifully. So they build a statue, and uh, they put it in the lobby, and they ask Coach Wooden to come back with his family to see the statue. Mm-hmm. And the trouble of it was that the fellow that did the statue when he shipped it, the head got broke in the ship. <laughs> and they had to have somebody else do another head, but they didn't have a good picture. Okay. <laughs> so the statue was totally yeah. inaccurate in terms of John Wooden's head. Oh, that's hilarious. So now John Wooden walks in with his family to Martinsville High in the lobby of the gym, and they're all excited to sh- unveil the statue. Uh-huh. And, of course, Nan turns to say, Daddy, that's not your head. <laughs> and Coach Wooden says, shh, he's better looking than me. <laughs> and, and Coach never says a word. About the statue having the wrong head. God, you're the best. All right. Coach is married in 1932. Afterwards, where did he and his lovely bride, um, what concert did they go to to celebrate? Who did they go see? What group? Oh, that's easy. Mills Brothers. Mills Brothers. I was listening to them the other night while I was shooting hoops out back where you shot. Okay. And the Mills Brothers are terrific. Um, he was a three-time consensus All-American at what? At where? Well, Purdue, he's coach. I'm, I'm, he's, I'm, as, I'm as giving player, you layups here. As a player, Coach Wooden wouldn't say this. As a player, yeah. he's the Michael Jordan of his day. Oh, I know. He's the, college player of the, the year. The Indiana rubber man. Oh, and let's get that one straight. Okay. Let's get the Indiana rubber man misnomer straight. Because people say, oh, yeah, he's in the rubber. He was always diving okay, on ahead. the floor. Like, sports fans, John Wooden <laughs> didn't like guys diving on the floor. Because uh, they thought it meant that you were off balance. balance. Uh, Thank you. Go back and watch all your John Wooden's videos, okay. and you're not going to see anybody dive on the floor. Interesting. Maybe Dave Myers once or twice. I don't know. But other than mm-hmm. that, so he got the name, the Indiana Rubber Man, mm-hmm. because at the end of the gym, there was a kind of a rubber foam wall. Mm. And he would go so fast, he'd go in and he'd lay the ball up, and then he would Bounce off the That's wall awesome. to sprint back on defense. Uh, so a sports writer nicknamed him the Indiana Rubber Man for the way that he bounced off the wall to get back on defense. That's brilliant, man. So, guys, are we over that now? I, yes, and I didn't know that, and now I do. Well, and, and how I about, really how good about, about if we understand? How about if we understand John Wooden's teams never took charges? They didn't rotate defensively. Because if you guarded a guy, you had to stay in front of him. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody asking Larry Farmer about the defensive rotation. He says, well, we didn't rotate. What do you mean you didn't rotate? Well, if you got beat baseline, you came out of the game. So <laughs> how does all this translate? Right? Come on, Imp. They're not diving on the floor. They're not falling down. Oh, they won 10 and 11 tries with a totally healthy team yes, with no did. injuries. How did Jamal Wilkes' career get ended? Uh, Playing for Pat Riley, diving uh, for a ball, uh, and he hurt the ring finger on his shooting hand. Hmm. Diving for a ball. 
Where it was Coach's first coaching job. Wasn't it at Dayton? Very good. Ohio? But, but, boy. but you got to tell the – I wrote an article about this because I, I, Coach tells the story mm-hmm. uh, when he was the football coach at Dayton. Yeah. And uh, when he got in a fight with the player. You know that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do a little bit. He's co- uh, it's, I, I wrote a whole Wood's Wisdom issue about it. Yeah, and well, what's go ahead tell that? Well, I don't, I don't, I never get the story right. But he was he was coaching football, and there was a big offensive lineman, and yeah, he didn't <laughs> want to do what Coach Wooden wanted done, and Coach Wooden was insistent that he do it, and the guy said, "I don't think you're man enough to make me do it." And <laughs> what ensued, probably in today's environment, would have gotten yeah, John Wooden uh, he would have fired. But let's why we're on that topic. Let's talk about coaches giving somebody another chance. Mm-hmm. And Coach Wooden always believed in giving somebody too many chances. As opposed not, to too few. Not too few. Mm-hmm. And when Coach Wooden was in high school, high school or grammar school, mm-hmm. the hustle back, get to Jersey was in grammar school. The high school, I think, Throw the jersey off, I think, was in high school. Mm-hmm. One of the two. But Coach Wooden's brother had preceded him. Let's, we'll say it's high yeah. school. And uh, Coach didn't think his brother had been treated great. That's and right. so Coach Wooden's in practice, and he loses his temper. Mm-hmm. And he tells the coach, you're not going to treat me the same way that you treated my brother. Yeah. And Coach Wooden proceeds to take his jersey off and throw it on the ground and take uh-huh. everything off uh-huh. and all his gear and throw it on the ground, and say, I'm done, and storm out of the gym. Uh-huh. His coach, Glenn Curtis, about a week went by, drove out by the farm, and talked to coach, and calmed him down, and got him to come back. Mm-hmm. Or else? Absent. Can you imagine? Glenn Curtis giving John Wooden. That second chance. Who, you another chance. Imagine. We may not have eaten. And then. Coach Wooden, on this second chance business, was famous that he had very few rules. He only had three rules. Be on time, no profanity. Uh, and and be on time, no profanity, and no cursing. No cursing, yeah. But if you cursed, you came out of the game. He didn't say how long. If you're late, you didn't practice. He didn't say how long. If you're late, you, you, didn't, you didn't practice. But anyway, but he had a lot of expectations. Mm-hmm. But there was no defined penalty. And that's because when he was a young coach, he had a lot of rules. One of which was that if you were caught smoking, you are kicked off the team. He had a player that was not a great student but a great player. And he caught him smoking. Mm. And because he had that rule, he kicked him off the team. And the kid would have got a scholarship probably to Purdue. Uh, yeah. He quit playing basketball. He never went to college. And he kind of had a rough life. Different. Yeah. And Coach Wooden always blamed himself for, for kicking that. that guy off the team. So he didn't want to back himself into a corner with the penalty on what a rule would be. Um, where's Coach's first college job? Oh, uh, Indiana State. Doggone right it was. At UCLA, 27 seasons. We know he won 10 <clears throat> NCAA titles. You know how many games he won? No. 664. Wow. That's a lot of games. Um, what uh, award did he get in 1972? No idea. From a magazine. Father of the Year? From a magazine. I don't know. Sportsman of the Year. Oh, and okay, who was on the cover with him? 
Uh, Who was on the cover with him for Sportsman of the Year? 72 would have been Mark Spitz. Mark Spitz. And you have a daughter. I do. You have a daughter. Of course. Oh, um, I don't know. Ann Myers. Who? Unbelievable. Who? Oh, um, Billie Jean King. Okay. I would love to have her on the podcast. She's got quite a life. Um, Who did he win his last game over? Oh, Kentucky. Of course. Well, you, you, the ones you don't know, you go, I don't know. And then the other one, you make me feel like a fool for asking you the question. Because <laughs> I'm not John Wooden. Uh, how many undefeated seasons did he have? Seven, I think. Four. Four undefeated seasons. Yep. Okay. Uh, how many Seven did, championships in a row. How many championships he win without Lou Alcindor or Bill Walton? Well, there would have been uh, Sidney and Curtis would have been two. Dave Myers would have been five. That's right. Very good. What do you think his winning percentage in college and high school combined was? I have no idea. Guess. In the 80s. 81. 81-3. That's a crazy situation. Um, okay, we know that Notre Dame ended Let's the— Let's talk about the most amazing stat. Okay. If we're we're going to go stats. Go ahead. Okay. He got to the Final Four 12 times. Mm. He yes. got to the final four. He got sixty-two he got in, and seventy-four. He got into twelve final fours. Mm-hmm. And one he lost on the buzzer beater. Cincinnati, NC State. He NC lost State. In, in double overtime. Yep. But he lost. How do you get to twelve final fours and win ten of twelve? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're the so best prepared team in terms of th- relaxed. Relaxed, you think? Yeah. And and statistically, there's not anybody even close. Mm-mm. I mean, forget about the ten. Great, greatest coaches and great, great coaches. You know, twelve Final Four, fifty Final Four. Mm-hmm. But who goes there at twelve and wins ten? Wins ten. There's some, something, something. And of course, here's the deal. Coach had this great quote. I, I love this. He told Roy Williams. I, I wrote this. I wrote a great four-piece part on Roy Williams. What a great guy he is. Uh, Roy Williams said that Coach Wooden told him that. Roy, nobody can coach no talent, but not everybody can coach talent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Because those that don't have just like to go to, well, yeah. he had always had the best players. And, mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, you got to have great talent, of course, and a conversation. But to get ten and twelve, I don't know how that that's, happened. That's nuts. Do you know uh, that eighty-eight game winning streak? Um, we know Notre Dame ended it. Do you know where it started? I think it started in Notre Dame. Mm-mm. Locally, UC Santa Barbara. Just giving a shout it's... out to the Gauchos. All right, what was his? Oh, what was his record? Oh, I got at... one for you. Of course, yeah. I don't think that was it. What's that? What's a game that John Wooden didn't coach? Ooh. Against two. Ooh. You mean during his tenure? There was one te- game he had dur- a heart problem. During he his in the tenure. Hospital. He didn't coach the game. He didn't coach against Long Beach State. Santa Barbara? Is that right? Wow. Oh, that was it? Do you think this was the one? I have no idea. Wow. I'd be guessing. That'd be something. <laughs> to think it started and ended. Okay. I don't know. I'd be guessing. Do you know what his record at Poly Pavilion was? This is this no. is now. This is a stat. No. One hundred forty-nine and two. Yeah, but can I tell you what? That's crazy. 
Can I tell you what? Notre Dame's got one of those victories. Who's got the other? I'll, I'll clean the story up a little bit. <laughs> but there was some streaks yeah. going on. Yeah. Even when I was there, I remember sitting on the bench with Larry Farmer, and we had beaten Cal 51 times, 50, over 50 times in a row. <laughs> All right? Home and away. You can't imagine. Like, you just, 50 oh, times you're in a always row. beating somebody. Yeah. All right. And I remember they took the game into overtime, and, uh, you know, Farmer kind of learned, got rid of like, yeah, we can't goof this one up. <laughs> but there was these crazy long. <laughs> Streaks that are just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's Saints. You know, I forget how many times we beat them. But it was, it was a carryover. But, we, you know what? We had great – it was kind of a – we had great players. I mean, if you go back – Oh, sure. If you, if you go and you go to our teams and you count – after Coach Wooden, right after, and you count the number of NBA guys that were on each team, mm-hmm. it was insane. It was insane. It's unbelievable what they did. Amazing. So he wrote several books, of course, but one book that is probably nearest and dearest to me because I read it to my children. What was his children's book? Oh, Inches and Miles. Inches and Miles, yeah. Isn't that great? Inch and Miles. Isn't that a great book? Yeah, I'll tell you what's a sleeper. I love reading that. I, I'll tell you, well, two sleeper things. That's a great book. I had a dad one time tell me that he sat down with the blue book and read one page to his son every Sunday after church. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, another book that's a great wooden book. Uh, I, I never was crazy about the title, but the book is insanely fantastic. It's called A Game Plan for Life, The uh-huh. Value of Mentoring, but by Don Yeager, who did an unbelievable job. The reason this book is so great. Which one? A Game uh, Plan for Life. Okay. So the, the chapters are, I, so let's say it's seven and seven. Uh-huh. Okay, John Wood talks about seven people who were his mentors, mm. and then seven people who he mentored talk about him. But go back to the beginning about John Wood never said anything good about himself. Getting this guy to tell you something about himself is like <laughs> not going to happen, right? But in this book, when John Wooden is telling Don Yeager about his seven mentors, mm-hmm. he opens the door. Mm. Here's what I learned from Mother Teresa. Yeah. Here's what I learned from Abraham Lincoln. Here's what I learned from Piggy Lambert. So if you really want to get into Coach Wood really in his own words, mm-hmm. talking about I, – I just passed this card out the other night. I, I my, my guys, uh, my little team, I have a little wooden quote. I got this idea from Roy Williams. I have it on a business card. At every practice, I give them all a business card. With the wooden quote and the parents. Yeah. And the players read it out loud, and then they have to say how it applies to basketball and how it plays away from basketball. The cool thing is they have a card. Not that we talk about a quote. Yeah. Because they take the card home. Sure. And they keep the card. And the parents keep the cards. Yeah. And they got these cards. But anyway, I was thinking about this book, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the idea of the Abraham Lincoln idea, the famous story that Coach loved to tell about Abraham Lincoln after the war when they were making reparations to the South, and Henry Clay really got on Abraham Lincoln's case and said, you know, you're giving too much money to the South. They're our enemy. We should be to, you destroy your enemy. You don't help your enemy. Mm-hmm. And Abraham Lincoln famously said, if I make a friend out of an enemy, have I not destroyed the enemy? That's right. And so that was the quote. Mm. That week. Now, that came out in that book 
from with Jaeger, Jaeger mm-hmm. right? And I told the kids and the parents, that's a pretty heavy-duty thought. Love your enemy. That's something else. I mean, they're like. That's something else. That's that's not grade school. That's big-time thinking. You're, um. That's John Wooden thinking. You're, uh. And my son, yeah. my son, my younger guy, has really taken that to heart. If somebody gets an argument with him, the first thing in his mind is that he's going to make a friend out of this person. That's the first, that, yeah. that, he's not even thinking about the guy yelling at him. He's not thinking about the guy being mad at him. He's literally, the switch that goes on is this John Wooden switch. I'm going to make a friend out of this guy. You've took this information and made it your own, in a way, with your own spin on it, and, and improved the lives of so many people. Yeah. I, I, you got to be so proud of the work you've done. Well, it's fun. I'm having all the fun. It's unbelievable. And uh, at some Most point. Most fun you can do is help somebody out. And, 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 and at some point, I do have to let my staff go. Really? <laughs> so oh, I got to tell you something, though. This is I, – I, I really appreciate you coming I on because give you the this last is unbelievable. John, I got to give you the last so, John Wooden story. Go for it. Yes, please do. Last John Wooden story. Wa- a walk-off. Walk-off. This, this is the John Wood. What can you learn from John Wood? Folks at home, the most fun you can have is helping other people. That's right. So That's you right. may think – you're doing something good by helping other people. You're actually having the most fun you could possibly that have. you could possibly. This is what John Wooden mm-hmm. figured out. So, like Saturday mornings, you might think you have to get up and go play golf <laughs> to have fun. John Wooden thought on Saturday morning if he got up and he could go find some people to help. Yeah, uh-huh. he could have some fun. Tony Robbins interviewed him and said, "Coach Wooden, I have a lot of famous people that are rich and famous, but they're not very happy." What would your advice be to them? Coach said, go find somebody to help. Mm -hmm. And the only story that we can stop with, John Wooden said at the UCLA Medical Center Mm -hmm. the last week of his life. And he sat up in bed, and the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he was chatting a little bit and having some comments. By Thursday, he wasn't talking at all. He was just sitting there with his eyes shut. And Dudley Rutherford, who was going to preside at his memorial service, came in and said, Coach, uh, of course, Coach had his funeral all planned. His sir, he didn't want a funeral. His memorial service all planned. And he wanted what was read to be short, the two great commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so Dudley came in, and Dudley says, Coach, Dudley here. Because I just want to check and see if you still want the same two things read at your memorial service. And Coach nodded his head. And Dudley says, Coach, so loving your neighbor as yourself and loving God, those are the two things. Coach Wooden nods his head. And Dudley says, Coach, are these two things things you think you've done in your life? Mm. And Coach raises his head slightly and opens his eyes with that beautiful sparkle and says, working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the best. Wow. And Dudley says, what are you working on right now, Coach? And Coach said, loving God. Wow. 
Wow. It's beautiful. Beautiful. You're the best, Craig. Great to be here. Oh, awesome. That, you, you win the best guest That's ever award. That's all I award. got. You win the best guest ever award. <laughs> well, I want the memorabilia to appreciate myself. That is awesome. All right. God, you're the best, Craig. That was so fun. We hope you enjoyed the second installment of the Wooden Trilogy. And stay tuned to the end of the podcast for a Christmas song from Nell and John Wooden's favorite group, the Mills Brothers. We encourage everyone to visit our website at sportsstoriespodcast.com. And please consider rating us and giving us a review on Apple or wherever you watch and listen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is supported by the AAU. Find a local event and join at aausports.org. And remember, you can catch your favorite amateur sports live stream, replays, and highlights at ballertv.com. Sports Stories, along with East Bay, supports the Heroes Movement, a nonprofit that bridges the gap from mental or physical therapy to getting strong again through strength and conditioning workouts. This free service is available for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces. Visit heroesmovementusa.org for more information. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. and is available on Apple Podcasts and YouTube or wherever you listen and watch. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. It really helps spread the word. You can find all our social media links, archives, and other info on our website at sportsstoriespodcast.com. Original music for Sports Stories is courtesy of Lennon Music Productions. Special thanks to the John R. Wooden Course and Wooden's Wisdom. Sports Story staff includes Marley Rice, Teresa Dolan, Bob McCall, Michael Lennon, Sienna Lennon, Brad Lawson, Christine Jimbo, and Jake Downey. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice Gonna find out who's naughty and nice Santa Claus is coming to town He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake You better watch out Book!